What's your weird pop culture truth? What's that thing about yourself, that movie you like, that song you can't get enough of that you're really embarrassed of, <laughs> the movie that you cry over when you really shouldn't be crying? What are you embarrassed of? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What is up, my nerds? I'm Jake. I'm Paul. This is Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. Paul, today we are recording episode 10 of our little show. 10? I can't believe it. Episode 10 of this show... Seems like we've only done 9. ...inspired us to to get a little personal with yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. We thought, you know, we've been talking a lot about what's hot in pop culture and out there in movie land and TV land... But you know what? There was something we had to get off our tri- – our, I don't even know how to say this word. We had to get it off our chests. <laughs> That's correct. Our weird pop culture truths. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to ask each other 10 questions for our 10th episode um, talking about the most embarrassing pop culture things we're into or were into, things that made us cry, things that really resonated with us when maybe they shouldn't. Um, made us laugh, made us hide in yeah. broad daylight because we were so scared. <laughs> so scared. Yeah, this Things is, that this made is, us argue with people. This is... Kick lawnmowers. Pop culture confession time. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing better than hearing the two guys reveal their most secret secrets. Later on in the show, there will be some blatant self-promotion from Paul, as well as an amazing <laughs> new that. app that you definitely need to download. But before we get all to that, we're going to let our nerd hang out Such and an reveal to you phrase. our weird pop culture truths. Let's do it! You know, one of the greatest things about pop culture is how weird and different all of our tastes are, right? True. Yeah. No, it's true. Like, we all like different things. Sure, maybe we have cross-sections with people, but there's movies that have made us cry that when maybe it didn't make anybody else cry and everybody looks at you weird or, uh, or, or those songs that make you happy. Like, we all have our pop culture preferences, so we thought to celebrate our 10th episode – this is episode 10, people – that's right. We wanted That's to reveal amazing. to you our weird pop culture truths. All right. So, uh, Paul, question number one I have here is a movie that you hated and then loved. Or oh. vice versa, if you loved a movie a lot and then ended up hating it. Okay. Okay. So my movie that I ended up loving after hating, mm-hmm. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, we're leading this off on kind of a, a spiritual tangent okay. already, you know. Um, Which, yeah. Who's who's Dracula in that? Okay, so this is Gary Oldman. This is oh, the Gary Oldman, Oldman Dracula. He's super freaky looking, right? And and I'm kind of a fan of old school horror. Gary movies. Oldman's freaky looking in general. He is freaky looking in general. He, you know what? He should have made my top actor list. Uh, I'm gonna have to add him. He's fairly good. No, he's really good. Um, he um. The movie was starred him and Winona Ryder and was kind of a big deal in the 90s. And I think that this was actually the first key that I was eventually going to land and plugged in. Because I saw it with a couple of friends. And I walked out. And I wasn't a super... I don't think I had been to church for like five years at that point. Whoops. But, but I walked out of there and I was thinking to myself, you know what, that's, that's totally theologically wrong. I thought to myself, you know, he's because at the end, see what happens is is kind of Dracula because of his love for Winona Ryder, he's sort of redeemed and all this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> oh, so Dracula loves Winona Ryder, right? Not right. a character. No, Actually, no, no. I can't remember her character's name. It's okay. Mina or Lucy. All right, all right. Or, I think it's probably Mina. Anyway, so he loves Winona Ryder and. His love or something, you know, heals him, and so he doesn't. He's not like the the epitome of all evil, right? Uh-huh. And I thought that's that's not right. That's saying that's not theologically correct. <laughs> and so I went out of there thinking it was kind of a cool movie with a really disappointing ending. Yeah. 
But then as I sort of thought about it, you know, I saw it for a second time, and I thought to myself, actually, that really works, doesn't it? Because it's sort of like anybody can be saved no matter how bad they are if they repent. You know, she cures him with this little holy wafer, puts it on his forehead, and it, you know, it, it all of a sudden it really worked for me. <laughs> so it makes me want to watch it again so I can write about it, actually. So, that, okay, that's mine. All right. So now what about you? For me, it uh, was Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> so did you love it and then hate it? No, I really didn't like it the first time I watched it. I didn't see it in theaters, and I didn't see it till it came out on video, and I by that time I'd heard tons of people talking about how hilarious this Napoleon Dynamite movie was. And so I was spending the night at a friend's house, and his older sister and her friend were like, we have Napoleon Dynamite, it's now out on video, we have to watch it, it's the funniest movie ever. And I l- did not laugh once. <laughs> I didn't even chuckle. I may have smirked yeah. Maybe. Like, and I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world? How do so many people like this movie? And by the time the credits rolled, I just thought, this is a complete dud. And I went to bed. And then I woke up the next day and went about my day and then dropped a Napoleon Dynamite quote. (laughs) And then dropped another one and another one. And all of a sudden, I was quoting Napoleon Dynamite. And I was like, hold on. Why am I quoting this movie that I didn't think was very funny, but now I'm quoting it as if it's funny? That's really funny. That's really interesting. It it really was odd that that was the case. And so I went and watched it again, and this time I laughed a couple of times. (laughs) And every time I've watched Napoleon Dynamite since then, I've enjoyed it more. So can I make a confession? Yeah. I've never seen Napoleon You've Dynamite. You've never seen Napoleon I've Dynamite? I've never seen and, it. You know, it's kind of a cult classic. Right, so right. It's, but it's everybody I know who's seen it. But a lot of people have seen it, especially yeah. in the Midwest. Yeah. Because it's got, I mean, he's in what? Idaho or somewhere. He some is Some podunk yeah. Midwest town. And yeah. So it's it's got that Midwest vibe. So I think it's probably got a lot of play in these middle western states of the U.S. Exactly. Flyover country. So I, I would be curious to know if the, my mm-hmm. East Coast buddies have seen this movie too but anyways uh yeah the first time you watch it you might not think it's very funny all right all right my all question right. for you first carry movie that you watched at home that inspired you to turn on all the lights in the house yeah and this is not going to be hyperbole for me this is not going to be um metaphor i literally turned on all lights in my upstairs of my house after I watched this movie. So when I was about... Now, is it your house? Okay. My okay. parents' house. All right. My all parents' right. house. So I was about 16 years so old. So this wasn't like two weeks ago. This was not. Okay. No, I was about 16 years old and I had just gotten... No, maybe I was 15. 15 or 16. I had a permit or a driver's license. I lived out in the country and a bookmobile from the library would come and I realized that my mom had gotten us all our individual library cards as kids so that she could check out just a bajillion books. And so now that I was a teenager, I had my own library card that I had control of, and my mom had no idea how to see <laughs> what I was borrowing from the library. And so I would reserve things and have it delivered in the bookmobile, and I would make the run to the bookmobile. Oh, my goodness. And bring everything back for everybody, including whatever I wanted Who for myself. Who knew that you could abuse a library card? That's terrible. And uh, I had heard, ever since I was a young kid, about this movie, The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, goodness. And everybody talked about... So you were 15 or 16? 15 or 16. Okay. And I, was, and I thought to myself, I've heard so many people talk about how this is a great movie, a classic, one you have have to see so I got it from the library and I of course I knew it was rated R and that my parents probably wouldn't want me to watch that and so I snuck it into my house and then at about midnight when I knew everybody was asleep I shut myself in my room completely black headphones on no lights on in my room and I watched Silence of the Lambs and it freaked me out man (laughs) I was terrified because how does that movie end spoiler alert for any of you who haven't seen it but the movie ends in a completely dark house with a creepy guy with night vision goggles on. And I'm in a completely and dark a human, house. And it's in a suit made of human oh, skin. Oh, my word. Yeah. And so I had to turn on all the lights and go sit on the couch with my arms crossed. <laughs> just like just looking watching. around. Like my back against the couch against the wall and just... Nuh-uh, nobody's sneaking up on me in this place. Nuh-uh. Oh, my goodness. That is a pretty good one. All right. 
So mine, this is really embarrassing, actually. When I was about 11 or 12, we had we had something on TV at the time called Shock Theater. Like, it was one of those late-night shows that showed terrible horror movies, right? But it was kind of a deal for, for my elementary school set. I mean, kids would say, oh, stayed up till 10.30 to watch Shock Theater. <laughs> I never got a chance to do that. Finally, the one... forbidden fruit. Yeah, so one day, I talked my, my parents into letting me watch... It was a Godzilla movie. Godzilla versus Monster Zero, right? right? So, I'm sitting down there. My dad says, yeah, you can watch it. I'll just watch it with you. About 11.15, my dad says... You know what? I'm going to bed. <laughs> you can watch this by yourself. So the movie, the movie wasn't all that scary. I mean, it's a Godzilla versus Monster Zero movie. It's not scary at all. But but back in 1910, when you were five. Well, that's exactly. Well, this is it. <laughs> this is this is sort of back in the day, right? When when TV stations actually went off the air. So I was watching it, and this is the first time I had ever actually. My parents were in bed. I was watching the thing. The movie ended. Then the the national anthem played or something. It was maybe it was even taps, right? And then all of a sudden the 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 TV goes to static. And I realized that I had to go to bed, turn off all the lights on my way out. It just felt like the whole world was dead. Oh man. Just dead. And it freaked me out so much really that that during my entire high school years that was always something that I tried to avoid doing I would I was a night owl and so I would stay up really late at night but I would always have to turn off the TV before before taps came on before yeah before before the static came because it just creeped me out so badly there's a weird thing about a dead signal yeah. I mean no, they really use is. that in horror movies a lot yeah poltergeist I mean it was all based on essentially that a whole idea that no one like you have never seen static I have I have I grew up with a tube TV from the 1970s so I have seen static oh okay until I don't think we got a high def TV until I was in, I don't know, junior high or high school. Mm. We were pretty slow adopters of that kind of stuff. So yeah. we had this big floor unit that was like mostly wood, with oh, yeah. small screen in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, called yeah. it Floyd. <laughs> Floyd. <laughs> we were oh, lucky that fun. bad boy could get PBS and have a VCR hooked up. <laughs> All right, next question. Paul, a TV character with whom you want to be BFFs. Okay, so this forever. one, yeah, this one was actually a pretty tough one because I don't really. Because you don't be, like people. I just don't like people. I especially <laughs> don't like people on TV. It's just part of the job description. But when I was a kid, actually, I really loved Mork and Mindy. Are you familiar with that show? I am familiar because it had the deceased. Right, Robin. Robin Williams, Williams in was in it. He starred as Mork, this this alien from another planet, obviously. Um, Pab Dauber was in it. I watched it all the time. And there was one time that I remember I had one of the most vivid dreams that I had was actually me hanging out with Robin Williams. We were both skateboarding. I didn't skateboard, but we both skateboarded in this dream. And it was just the best thing, hanging out with, with Robin Williams dressed in his Mork outfit. Nice. And, yeah, so so that would be my pick. I could, you know what, I could totally go... For skateboarding with Robin Williams. Yeah, no, it was it was the fantastic. The dude is zany. He was so cool in my dream, so cool. <laughs> uh, for me, you probably guys, you probably see this one coming. You definitely will see it coming when I say it out loud. But it's Andy from Parks and Rec. Come on, my buddy Chris Pratt. What up? <laughs> No, but this guy is such a goofball, and he's such a goon, but he also loves guy movies, and he loves junk food, and he hates running. I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> love cereal. I love cereal. He likes ninjas and, and the FBI, and this guy, come on. He's so much fun. I want, I want to be best friends with Andy from Parks and Rec. Sue me. <laughs> right. Okay, so this is going to be a tricky one. Best Christian movie you've ever seen. Mm. And the way I define this... Okay. Don't know if you answered it this way, but the way I define it is, like, actually within the subculture of Christianity. You can't go Ben-Hur. Right. You can't do anything like that. You just have to go with, like, an actual Christian Christian movie. I assumed that was what you meant with this question, so I did answer it that way. And that did make it harder because I think I've confessed uh, on a previous... 
episode. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of yeah. Christian genre yeah, movies. Yeah, no, you don't, do you? Uh, not even Jesus movies. I Because I've se- I saw a couple and it's like, these aren't very... I don't really like these, so I'm not going to watch them. <laughs> um, so I have a very, very limited diplomatic. repertoire. I don't know if this is the... I'm not saying this is the best Christian movie out there. I'm just saying it's the best one that I've seen, and that's Courageous. Oh, Courageous. Uh, that one uh, made me weepy. I cried for sure uh, in that film because of the father-child dynamics running through that thing. Uh, it certainly – it's a kind of a messy film. It tries to follow a lot of story threads, too many story threads, and there's missing pieces and all that kind of stuff. But – there are some really emotional moments in it, and one that legitimately made me cry real tears. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Those, those, it's a Kenrick's Brothers movie, right? It is. It's um, the Kenrick's Brothers have an interesting way of sometimes they can really yank your heartstrings. You know, if you're in a particular spot and and you watch a particular movie that hits you especially hard for one reason or another, it can be kind of an emotional experience. I I totally see that. So I shall not laugh. <laughs> my best Christian movie is Risen. I think uh, that that was that was a pretty good one. That's one that hearing you talk about it previously has it on my. I'm kind of interested if yeah. it's on an airplane, maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, no, it's it's. I, I'm not going to say it's a great, great, great movie. Like it's not an Oscar-winning type of movie. But in terms of like the Christian genre, I thought it was really well done. It showed a lot of. Um, it showed some surprising amount of, of of depth and character, and it gave us you know a story that was sort of new and different, and and kind of made you think about kind of Jesus and the resurrection in sort of a little bit of a different way. And so I really appreciated the the effort behind it, and it was really pretty well crafted. Um, I see a lot more Christian movies than you do, and so when you see one that's really pretty competent. And, and watchable and, and enjoyable. You know, that's that's kind of a cool thing. Nice. Um, all right, Paul, go-to song when you're sad, mad, or happy. Oh, okay. I put three categories in there. If you have three answers, that's fine. I kind of meant if you have one of the – if you could only think yeah. of one of those, what's that song? Okay. So go-to song – band when you're sad yeah it could be a band if you had a band that really makes you feel good. see this is really tricky for me because i used to be a huge music guy but i think as you get older you just get grouchy and you don't listen to music as much and actually my my pick will yeah. really date me far older than i actually am okay my pick for all three would be simon and garfunkel simon and garfunkel nice that yeah I love Simon. I mean, and I've listened to some Simon and G. You know, yeah, no, <laughs> some Simon and G. Simon and G. That's what us kids from the, exactly know, back in the day call it. Yeah, from the nineties. <laughs> from the nineties. No, for some reason, when I was a kid in the eighties, like I, I hung out with a group of kids who were really kind of into the the sixties folk rock type of thing, like the hipsters of the eighties. Yeah. yeah, no, they were. They, it was totally like that. <laughs> it totally was. So that was sort of my circle, right? And so we listened to, oh man, all sorts of just Creed and Creedence Clearwater Revival and oh, who else was it? Carol King. We love Carol King. Did you ever have an angry music phase? Well, yeah, yeah. In your teen years? Like, what did you listen to when you were really mad? When I was really angry. I, you know what? It was Tears for Fears. Oh, Love okay. Tears for Fears. You remember that song, Shout? That was, oh, yeah. That was a cleansing experience. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So, so Simon and Garfunkel, generally speaking, I, they have a song for every sort of mood that you're in. Okay. okay so what's yours? All right. For mine, um, I, I went on the um, – there's a – the band 10th Avenue North. Oh, got it. Is a, yeah. is a modern kind of contemporary Christian music band. Yeah. And it's funny yeah. for all the, the, um, all the love that I shower onto the contemporary Christian movie world. Uh, 10th Avenue North is such a great band and they've been such an encouragement to me and they yeah. have songs for when I'm sad. And so my favorite sad song is this song called Warn that their lead singer wrote when, uh, they had like a newborn, yeah, and they were just exhausted with life with a yeah. newborn, and 
but he was also exhausted with his spiritual life. And so this song, Worn, is just, oh my goodness, it's it's such a, a hopefully mournful song yeah, in a way. Yeah, no, 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 I hear that. The way it kind of excavates your heart in that moment and really pours it out yeah. in lyrical form is, po- it's like a psalm, man. It's poetic. All right, all right. But so, my high school angry music, okay. you know, since you got to share yeah. yours, because no, I yeah, asked yeah, yeah. you about yours, uh, I would get... I. Through my same library scheme, where I would get stuff that my parents didn't know about, I would get some <laughs> terrible. Disturbed... Do they know about this? Is this going to be a I, revelation? To I have them? talked to them about this, okay. yeah. But I would get some disturbed. I would get some limp biscuit and uh, some Papa Roach, and would just crank that as I mowed this field that was really gnarly. And I would just kick the lawnmower because it was an old lawnmower and it was a really yeah. gnarly field. And I'd yeah. just be like, "Yeah, disturbed, dumb lawnmower." <laughs> High school anger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that sort of sums up a big difference between you and me. You know, I'm more of a, a thoughtful, pensive, angry person. You're just Rawr! Yeah. <laughs> like because I, I would just stuff and stuff and stuff and I'd take it all out on that lawnmower. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I want to change my answer because when you're talking about Tenth Avenue North, okay. my favorite sad music. I'm not sure if I listen to this when I'm sad, but I listen to it. It makes me sad in okay. sort of a good way. I love Jars of Clay. Mm. Frail. 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 I think is one of the best songs. Not just the best Christian songs, but one of the best songs I've ever heard. It's been a long time since I've heard that one. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good really one. good. That's good. All right, next question, Paul, your turn. Oh, my turn. All right. What is the TV show that is a kid you never, ever missed? <laughs> never. So I know you asked this, like, for me as a child, but the problem was I didn't really get TV <laughs> oh, yeah, right. as a child. <laughs> so I didn't have any shows that I couldn't okay. miss as a child because okay. I didn't have any shows I could get. So, but the I have experienced this feeling. Okay. And uh, with two shows in in two different ways. So, like, when I first remember feeling this way and thinking, I cannot wait, I'm going to take time out of my day to go watch the show, was Parks and Rec. So coming back to my buddy Andy. Oh, my goodness. uh, When I discovered that, when I rediscovered it, Mm -hmm. because I tried watching the first season when it was on TV because I was watching The Office, which was the first, like, we did do weekly viewings of The Office. It was great. And we tried Parks and Rec in that first season, and it just wasn't good. Sure. But then they added it to Netflix, and I was kind of in a show hole, and I was like, I'm going to give this show a try again. And I know I didn't like the first season, but they had the second season. I'm going to give that a shot. I heard they changed some things, and boy, was it awesome. And I love the whole Parks and Rec gang. And so I worked. I could walk home from work in about five to ten minutes, and I had an hour-long long lunch break, and my wife would be at work. And so I would walk home from work, watch an episode – try to get two episodes in so i'd walk really fast watch two episodes of parks and rec and walk back to work and it was awesome i was like i get to see my best friends today on parks and rec oh, no. lonely time in my life this i had a little sound... i was a new father and i was full-time yeah. work full-time school and so i didn't get to hang out with a lot of friends yeah. no i hear that so i felt like they were my friends that is the saddest story i've ever heard <laughs> <from> you <laughs> oh so sad that's so sad. <sighs> Mine is not going to be quite as dramatic, but it is going to be more embarrassing. All right. My favorite show when I was growing up. Okay, so when I was 11, 10, 12, it was, TV was kind of my deal, right? I, I did watch more TV. Like, I hardly watch any TV anymore, even though it's much, much better. Back then, it was sort of a big deal. And my favorite show by far was Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. Who Magnum was in there? Magnum P.I. That? that was Tom, Tom Selleck, Selleck All right. with his huge mustache. But That's the big right. thing for me was the Ferrari 308. Oh, yeah. It had the Ferrari 308. I, I watched every show that had cars in it. So I watched Magnum. I Knight watched Rider. Knight Rider. You betcha I watched Knight Rider. I watched Dukes of Hazard. I liked all of them because they, they had some cool cars. But definitely Magnum had the coolest car. And I would watch that every... I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a brilliant TV show. I bought the first season just so I could go down memory lane. That is the worst show. <laughs> it's a terrible show. It's amazing how bad it is. So You're thinking, childhood me was an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Tom Selleck is still pretty cool, though. He's suave. I'm, I'm, not a, I've, I can't, I'm hard-pressed to say 
I've ever seen him in something that I particularly enjoy. Hey, well, I have the first season of Magnum P.I., so I'll just loan it. <laughs> is it is it Mystery Science Theater 3000 no, no, bad? No, 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 no. Or just is it 80s I'm going to hate bad. my life for watching this bad? No, it's, it's, it's not. It is neither bad. But One or no, the other. It, can't, it has to be. Here's the, the here's the thing. When, when you watch it, you, because we're spoiled by TV now, mm-hmm. you watch it and you just go, huh, that's it. Wow. <laughs> now I can watch whatever I want. Anytime I want. Back to back to back to back to back. Well, and the plots are so much better. I, and it's just, yeah. It was just not very I almost lost my mind when I caught up on Better Call Saul and I got through season two. And I was like, i got to get to season three. Maybe they have it on AMC. And they only have the most recent three episodes. And so I had to think to myself, I don't have get to watch this for You're how so long? so spoiled. So spoiled. Just spoiled. spoiled. All right, Paul. Movie that made you cry that really shouldn't have. Are you? I'm not much of a movie crier, but I have a I have an example of this for myself. Yeah, you know what? The movie I actually didn't write down an answer for this, but I have it right off the top of my head. Yeah. So when I was uh, traveling, I I worked for a professional rodeo association for a while. I keep I, meaning to ask you about that. We'll yeah. put a pin in that for a future show. <laughs> so and I traveled a lot, and so on on horseback. I <laughs> I did I did on horseback and bull. And I, I would stay at these hotels, you know, all by myself and just sort of hang out because, you know, I... Because I the rodeos only go for a couple hours a day. <laughs> that's exactly right. And they were always in boring towns, right? Because, you know, they're, they're small towns. Because that's towns. the only thing that right. happens in that town. It's, it's a huge deal for those towns. So I spent a lot of nights just in a hotel room and I'd watch some HBO. It was kind of cool. Turned on uh, a show with Sylvester Stallone, right, as... as a, Arm wrestler, an arm. Yes, Sylvester Stallone is an arm <laughs> That's wrestler. Right. What movie is this? No, it's it's over the top. Over the top. And yeah, so it's Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling. I thought, okay, this will be good for just a laugh, right? right? But the thing is, Sylvester Stallone has a really weird relationship with his son. He's trying to to patch up things with his estranged son, and and by the end, I only watched like forty five minutes of the thing. By the end. Tears were running down my face as Sylvester Stallone was wrestling and his kid was cheering for him. And it was so emotional. It was really, really a huge deal. And I couldn't believe that I was doing it. I felt, oh, this is is a sign that I'm either getting old or daft or something. (laughs) But, yeah, Uh, yeah. So that was a movie that I was kind of embarrassed about crying over, but I did. Well, I do do actually have a... Maybe not exactly the same, but maybe equally embarrassing one. I forgot to say in our Wonder Woman podcast that I actually cried during Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's terrible. And that's not <laughs> as embarrassing because that's an emotional movie. Come on, Wonder Woman is great. Wonder Woman is great. Tears of tears of like joy and pride were pouring from my face. But the one that made me cry that shouldn't have, click. Adam Sandler's movie where he gets a remote control that allows him to fast forward in his life. Yeah. I cried in that movie because he, spoiler alert if you care. (laughs) Click. (laughs) Fast forward if you want to. Uh, But he fast forwards so much that he ends up missing his whole life and, and alienating his kids and his wife and then dying a fat lonely old jerk on the pavement and his son is that how it ends yeah his son over the top of him you know saying dad i love you and he's apologizing to his son and i was crying oh. like this dumb adam sandler movie no, that, that i sounds, was weeping that sounds worth a tear or two i it mean it really was the father-son dynamic is yeah, gonna get me so many times you know and here's the thing adam sandler he makes some movie. really really terrible movies i mean Horrific and movies. Click isn't is one of his more okay ones. Right, right, Be- because he actually can act. You yeah. know, he just doesn't very often. Yeah. So I'm just happy that you didn't say Parks and Rec. No, I didn't cry in Parks and Rec. The other the other thing I cried about in Click is the fact that Adam Sandler is fast forwarding through Kate Beckinsale. Are you kidding me, Adam? Who fast forwards <laughs> through Kate Beckinsale? Speaking of which, here is your question. <laughs> so, the movie. That you and your spouse cannot agree on to the point where it causes problems yeah. within your relationship. My, 
<laughs> there's, I mean, there's been many that have caused fake problems yeah. in our marriage, like Spaceballs or Dumb and Dumber. Where it's like, those <coughs> movies are so dumb. Why do you like them? And I can't explain myself. I just find them amusing. But there is a movie that within the last two years did cause actual strife between my wife and I. <laughs> because it was a movie that I reviewed for another website a couple of years ago and really, really liked my favorite movie of that year. I left the theater smiling ear to ear, wanting to hug everybody around me, yeah. and I could not stop talking about this movie. I still can't stop talking about this Batman movie. Batman vs. Superman. Wasn't Batman vs. Superman. And so it finally came out on video, and my wife was, for whatever reason, I could never, we never got around to watching it, and we finally did. I finally convinced her to watch it, and she turned it off halfway through because she hated it. And not only did she not like it, she was actually, and we've since made up on this, so <laughs> my wife does listen to this show. Don't worry, I'm not throwing her under the bus unnecessarily. We've talked about this. We've had healing. All right. Um, but she turned it off, and she was a little upset that I liked this movie so much because she was actually offended by some stuff Oh, in it. wow. And it was the movie About Time with Domhnall Gleeson and Rachel McAdams. Oh, I wish I could make fun of you for this, but I'm not familiar for, with it. You that. haven't seen About no, Time? So no. it's about a guy who just – it's like a romantic comedy. It was built as a romantic comedy from the makers of Love Actually. So I didn't think I was going to like this movie at all. I thought it was going to be terrible. And yet it turned out to be one of my favorite – it's a top ten for so me. So you still love it? I still really, really like this movie. The – and so – but she turned it off and she was actually offended that I liked it because there's a scene, the conceit. I'll give you – I'll let you guys know the scene and then I'll let Paul answer this. All right. So the conceit of this movie is that this man – this young man discovers through his – by his father telling him that the men in the family have the ability to travel in time, any point in time in their own lives. They can travel back to. They have to find a closet they can travel back to and they can do what they want and then travel back to the present should they so desire or live the however opposite much of click, really. they want. Yeah, exactly. And so when he meets the woman of his dreams, there's all this stuff that happens. But on their first date that they end up sleeping together on, he – they – they, they consummate their relationship, but it doesn't go great. And so he rushes off to a closet and rewinds so he can do it better the second time. Oh. And it goes much better. And then he's like, it went so good. We're going to go back and we're going to do it a third time. And you don't see any right. – you see like before and after. It's all implied. But my wife was very upset and uh, and rightfully so. I get why this bothered her is she, the, the girl doesn't know that he's reliving these right, scenes, right. which is played off as a joke because he really cares about her. He's not in it just for, you know, they've proven before that he's not in it just for the physical side of the relationship. But the fact that he was not getting consent for these additional times is problematic, and I did put that in my review when I reviewed it for this other website back in the day. But that 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 upset my wife, and that caused problems between us. That's very interesting. We couldn't even get to the good stuff where they have kids, and it gets awesome. <laughs> That's pretty interesting, I must say. I, I don't know how I'd respond to that. So I think I might take your wife's side. But anyway. It, I'm not saying it's not problematic. I'm just no, saying. No, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. I understand. So my choice is uh, she's having a baby. I didn't see this one. <laughs> yeah, so... Is this uh, Diane Keaton? No. no. Who's in this? Kevin Bacon. Oh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin right. Bacon. And so this was a movie. I was thinking of... Uh, what's that? Father of the Bride. There yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I watched this movie at a very sensitive part in my life, right? Where, where my wife had... We were just newly married. We were about to have a kid. Um, and the movie is about a writer who's newly married, about to have a kid. And for me, it was like super, super impactful. Like, I loved it. It felt like my life completely. Yeah. This is This, this is, is the story me. of my life. Exactly. Somebody already made my movie. And <laughs> I'm being played by Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> but there's a scene in it, and my wife was still pregnant at this time, right? There's a scene in it where the, the pregnancy does not go well. Um. And so she has a cesarean section, and it's very emotional, and the, you see you see just dramatic stuff goes on. And so there's much worry that, that something as terrible is going to happen. 
my wife reacted very strongly to that scene. And looking back, I can kind of understand why. I wasn't really looking at that scene. She saw that scene, and she saw her future lying in front of her. And so she was kind of freaking out. And she mm. said, no, I don't like that movie at all. I don't like that movie at all. And I, because it was so impactful to me, I was really upset. I said, this is me. How can you not like this? If you don't like this movie, you don't like me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it was, it was like... I was really stewing for a couple of days about that. I just could not believe that a wife of mine, a new wife of mine, would not appreciate this thing that was so much a part of me. So I actually, I actually bought it. It's in our DVD collection, right? <laughs> but I still haven't. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't watched it because I'm. Because you know she, it's yeah. going to bring up bad memories. For well, her. it's going to bring up bad memories, and who knows? I might watch it and have sort of a Magnum PI experience. So. <laughs> Oh, nice. All right. Um, what is a song or a band that you're embarrassed to admit that you love or once loved? Okay. This is really embarrassing. This is the worst thing I'm going to say during this podcast. Maybe all right. Ever. Mine is pretty bad, too. Okay. Mbop by Hanson. Mbop by Hanson. <laughs> yeah. And the reason is I got to explain myself explain away although this may just be a rationalization i'm not sure but i run right and so i listen to a lot of music while i'm running and there's something about i i'd like you know if if i'm just sitting around i still like kind of the folk you know moody type of stuff i just like sort of hanging out and listening to that when i run i need something with a little bit of pep and a little bit of beat and so like for some reason, I really like running to Madonna songs. <laughs> so, Woo! No, what? I know it's crazy, but Mbop. It's sort of one of those. It's such a happy song that when I'm doing, I seriously set a playlist that had Mbop like a long running playlist, like a three hour run playlist. So I'm running for like eighteen twenty miles. Mbop is one of the very last songs on it because I know it'll keep me going. Get you over that? Exactly. Yeah. It's right. so embarrassing. Well, mine is equally embarrassing because in modern pop culture, Paul, for people my age, there are two things you're supposed to really, really hate. One is Barney the Singing Dinosaur. <laughs> Which I think is garbage because I grew up with all you people and you loved you some Barney, the singing purple I dinosaur. I know, it's true. And then you got older and you're like, oh, I always hated them. Yeah, there's definitely some revision going on. Weird, weird. But uh, there's a little bit of that with this next one. And this is where it gets embarrassing because I have to say that I did really like these guys for a while. And that's Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback <laughs> is hated. Yeah, yeah, they're I'm, hated. There's, I'm prop. We probably just got unfollowed by half of our show listeners for me admitting that. Yeah. But there was a period of time. Remember when I was kicking lawnmowers, where I liked to listen to some Nickelback. They had some good lawnmower kicking songs. <laughs> and then when I was done, I could yeah. wind down to some photograph. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at these photographs. Every time I do it makes me laugh. I mean, then you're just emotional and you're like, I'm not angry anymore. Everything's fine. Nickelback was my jam for a little while. And that's embarrassing. You know, there's a lot of people who still like Nickelback. It's, there are certain things in pop culture that are super, super popular that no one admits to liking. You know, like the Kardashians. Yeah. No one says that they like the Kardashians. And that they make gazillions of dollars, you know, selling gum. To somebody. Yeah. So somebody likes them. And yeah. somebody's got to like Nickelback. And I suppose, <laughs> lucky somebody is you. It used to be. Used to <laughs> be. Used to be. Used to be. We'll be clear I will, on that. We'll revisit that. All right. Final question. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's mine. Um, okay. So, Jake, what movie? defined your childhood i'm glad you asked me that paul <laughs> thank you it was actually a set of three movies all right and we have talked about this a little bit before okay but it's the lord of the rings this was my first true nerd movie experience where i had read the books and i learned about the movies that they were coming and i 
logged on to that yeah. website regularly, downloaded all the screensavers and all the wallpapers and read all the news and scoured the newspaper for news when I wasn't around a computer. And you bet I watched those movies in theaters. I got to see The Two Towers the night before because I, won a con- I entered a contest. And so I got to see it before everybody else did, at least in the mountain time zone in the United <laughs> States. And they were awesome movies. I wanted to be Aragorn. I mean, I wanted to be Aragorn in the books, and then yeah. Viggo Mortensen just solidified that for me, and it's the Lord of the Rings for me. Hmm. Hmm. That was childhood-defining. Yeah, see, I could have gone two ways with this question. I wasn't sure whether it was a movie that you really – it really defined your movie-going yeah. experience or whether it was a movie that actually sort of looked like childhood to you. Okay. Right? So I, Either answer is fine, so – Movie defining experience. Now, the, the, the movie defining experience is easier because I would have a really hard time like checking. You know, the Goonies might come close for for like what that was. What your kid, your childhood was yeah. like? Well, the closest they didn't have a lot of great kid <laughs> movies, but but for a movie defining experience, and, and I won't go into detail because we spent a whole podcast talking about this. But Star Wars, Star Wars, the the three original Star Wars movies were a huge deal. Yeah, where. Before movies were kind of a nice thing that you went to see, Star Wars became like an obsession for me for a while, which just shows you how geeky I was even back then. But yeah, I loved it. Which character did you really want to be? Oh, you know what? I was a Luke Skywalker guy. Interesting. Yeah, because. So whiny. Well, he was a little whiny, but. A little whiny. (laughs) But but here's the thing you know, he he sort of. He wanted to save the girl. He wanted to. He, he, he was that, yeah. It, but he was sort of like this this good, innocent guy. I think that Han Solo, for me, was just a little bit too rough-hewn for me at the time. I was a good kid, and so I wanted to be sort of the good kid in the movie. All right. So, Fair enough. My favorite character, R2-D2. Well, that I can't fault you for that. I yeah. was a Boba Fett person myself. I like that mask, yeah. and he just looked pretty awesome. Yeah, so if Chris Pratt dressed up as Boba Fett, he'd be... Give me a break. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. You bet. Alrighty. He better be he better be Boba Fett in the spinoff is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Whenever that happens. Speaking of which, Ron Howard. Oh yeah. The new director of the Han Solo spinoff. That's a whole other podcast. A whole Boom. other podcast. Well, thank you guys. We just let our nerd hang out in front of you, so why don't you let your nerd hang out in front of us by letting <laughs> us know some of your answers to these questions or ask us some new ones. And uh, you know where to do that. Facebook, Pop Culture with Fan People and Know-It-Alls, or Twitter. I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm something. That's Paul AC, I, but his Twitter account is, is at AC, AC Paul. Yeah. And now, without further ado, it's time for The Most Least Important Thing. Welcome to the most least important thing where we bring you the trivial of the pop culture world that may be really important or something that's really important that may just be really trivial. You decide. <laughs> Paul, All right. what's your most least important thing? This My week? most least important thing is a bit of self-promotion. Oh! That is correct. What? I have written with Jim Censored. Daly. Censored. A book. A book called When Parenting isn't perfect. This is a book that you need, Jake. AKA all the time? All the time. You should Is that the subtitle tattoo, of it? <laughs> tattoo little phrases in this book on your chest that you can look at for reference. I can't look at my chest. What are you talking about? I have to like <laughs> tattoo them upside down on my belly. Is that, is that that'd yeah, be like from yeah. Memento? Right? Well, yeah, yeah. Did you exactly. ever actually watch Memento? I did. Okay. I watched Memento. Okay, good. We'll talk great. about that another time. Yeah, that's another. It's, yeah, another. <laughs> All right. Tell me about so, your, your. No, no, book. It's, it's it's a great book. It's out now, so buy it and make me happy. Where are they going to buy it? Well, buy it at Amazon, or if you wanted to email me, I could. No, well, no, actually, I <laughs> you actually want to take care of fulfilling all their orders. <laughs> ironically, I didn't get any books, so <laughs> I, I sort of, I sort of wrote it, but you know, I don't have any books. So, well, yeah, you don't. So. Wanna, you got to make people buy that nonsense. 
Well, exactly. exactly. I mean, is that so, nonsense? I mean, no, that, it, it's the brilliant uh, sense. It was a great. It was a great experience to to work with with my boss's 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 boss, Jim Daly, on this book. He's not really only are smart. you self promoting, you're yeah. brown nosing. Now, now I'm brown nosing. He was he was really fantastic to work with. Really loved every second of it. Okay. <laughs> And and it was and I think the book turned out pretty good. So that's that's my most least important thing, which really, in this case, is the most most important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will refrain <laughs> from further commentary. <laughs> my most least important thing is a new app called Space. Space. Not the Final Frontier. It's an app for your phone. This app was originally rejected by Apple for the App Store. Do you want to know why, Paul? Why? Because Apple didn't want any apps in the App Store that would convince people to use their phones less. Really? Which is what space is designed to do. So there's this article about how our tech is hacking our brains. It's no secret that our brains are being rewired, or at least you don't think it's a secret until you start to realize all the ways that this is happening. It usually gets talked about with video games. Oh, video games are hacking our kids' brains. It's basically like drugs and stuff. It's like they're gambling all the time. But yet, that's what you do on your phone every single day. (laughs) When you're using Facebook, and you're using Twitter, and you're using Snapchat, and Instagram, and email, and all these things... These app makers are gamifying your brain. It's true. They're deci- they're they're testing different patterns of how they send you notifications, and like, do they do it one at a time or do they do it in groups so that they can figure out how to get you to use your phone and their app more and more and more and more. Yeah. And so, a guy that worked for a tech company like Google or somebody like that, he actually developed an app called Space that would that you, when you download this app, it it takes you through some nifty little steps to replace your app icons for Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat so that now when you click on them, they don't open right away. Uh-huh. They make you – they actually – your screen kind of goes this nice soft shade of blue and it says – and there's a circle that's ebbing and flowing. It says, take a deep breath. <laughs> and it doesn't say it. It's just on screen. So right, it's not saying right. anything out loud. And so – and then the circle is going – is like your timer for your deep breath. And it asks you to take like one or two or three deep breaths before it then opens the app for you. So it's delaying your gratification and trying to interrupt that – reward cycle that the apps right. are trying to that get into. That immediacy. Right. So where it's like, hey, I'm going to check this because I can right now and it'll be here right away. It's like, well, now I have to think. Now uh, it's like a 15-second delay before it opens, so maybe I'm not going to. So don't you it. find this annoying? Yes, at first. I just downloaded this the other day, and I will say that there's the the first day was, this is really cool. This is going to totally redefine how I use my phone. <laughs> and then like, then the second day was more, this is kind of irritating. I just want to open my app. I just want to look. This is my job. I'm a social media manager exactly. for real life. This is annoying. But then I thought a couple days later, that's actually a good thing that I'm annoyed about this. Not because I'm annoyed, but because it's helping me root out. I shouldn't be annoyed about this. I shouldn't be annoyed if it takes me 15 seconds to get into an app. So yeah, I, take I, another deep breath. I do think – see, it, it, sort of, it sort of proves your point that I can think of about three people who would hate this app and would actually break their phones over. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. A so, lot of people. Yeah. And, and so I think in some Including ways – Including myself. <laughs> it's one of those things where I do think that we get so used to it happening right then. Mm-hmm. We're so used to it that when it doesn't happen right then – we're just it just doesn't jive with us and but that's not the way life should be it should be a little bit more i don't know take a deep breath life is better when we're not so caught up in our devices yeah. that we miss out on the moment right right i think it's better when you read books yeah. read parenting books <laughs> back to the self promotion <laughs> i tried to get away folks i did i really really did anyways this this app i said at first that it was first denied by apple they there was some news reporting about it they came back no 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 we've changed our minds it can come into the store that's fine so you can get it on your apple device it's called space space so space we talked last last podcast about a certain app 
Yeah, we did. OTR that, streaming. That is correct. So have you been listening? I, it's about old-time radio shows. Old-time radio shows, yeah. If you didn't listen before, I did download that app. I have it on my phone. And that night, I was listening to The Life of Riley, complete with advertisements for buying U.S. war bonds. Because <laughs> the ads are all there, folks. You know. So if you listen to Abbott and Costello, C A M E L S. That's right, folks. Camel cigarettes, that rich, smooth flavor. Whoa, super illegal nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, yeah. cigarettes aren't good for you, but yeah. back in the 40s, those yeah, things they were, were basically oh, medicine. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody smoked a ton of cigarettes. Man, I'll tell you what. Surgeon General warning, smoking cigarettes can cause you to get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't smoke. Oh, that is it for us this time around. Thank you so much for letting your nerd hang out with our nerds. That was super weird. <laughs> was I'm gonna let Paul <laughs> say goodbye now. Good as I remind Paul. you, <laughs> so I remind you to give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you like to listen to us on Podcasting Land. And keep we need listening. your reviews. Keep listening. Keep giving us your reviews. Tweeting at us, Facebooking us. Yo, we wants to talk. But that's it for this time. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.